going on? What's happening? We're back. It's been a while. Yes. I don't even know. When was the last time we recorded? Uh, two weeks ago. My house. Okay, that's not right. Yeah. And, um... I'm much more energetic. Yeah. Much more more sprightly. More spry. More spry. Yeah. Um, last episode, uh, I enjoyed. I listened to it. I, I tend to listen to our episodes. Uh... Because I'm a fan of our episodes, I guess. I don't know. I always do it because I, as I've told people, I don't edit shit. No. I mean, every once in a while, I edit something like if something goes down, if my dog's acting a fool. Right. That's about it. But everything else stays in. So I kind of listen to it to be like, oh, how does this turn out? <laughs> right. Yeah. And the downfall to doing it at my house is I have cats that like to walk across the mixing board and the laptop. and See, but I honestly feel that's better than my dog, which decides to bark randomly at nothing. Yeah. Well, it's, as I said earlier today, he's a good alarm system. Yeah. Nothing gets past Killian. No. Nothing. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we are back and, uh. We are drinking some hams tonight. This episode of Burnt Offering is brought to you by hams. Hams. When you're looking for the land of sky blue water, look for hams. Look for hams. Bavarian. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, anything new going on in the world of Jared? Fuck. Uh, no. Nothing really. Uh, just work. Same old. Really haven't... Uh, I got asked to do another band, and neither that one nor the one previous has started practicing yet. So, oh, see what happens in due time. Yeah, I uh, kind of got asked to do a project design-wise. I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know exactly what's gonna come of it. A meeting on that next week. Yeah, but it should be interesting if it happens. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me about that. I'm actually really excited for you, man. Yeah, I mean, if it happens, cool. We'll be working with a rad dude. Yeah. And uh, doing some cool shit. Yep. Rad dude he is, and cool shit it is for sure. But that's about it. Yeah. Of, of um, new. Of new stuff, yeah. Um, oh, well, lest we forget, Jimmy's birthday bash was last week. It was. And uh, we had a pretty good time. Uh, our buddy Jimmy, it was his birthday, his 30th, Dirty 30. And... Uh, Jared handed our asses to us on a silver platter in NHL 94 for Super Nintendo. Yeah, dude. Toronto Maple Leafs can't touch that shit. Fucking too legit to quit with the fucking Doug Gilmore and Toronto Maple Leafs in 94. Doug Gilmore? Wendell Clark comes out of nowhere, too? Yeah, Wendell Clark. Who was the no-name guy? that? uh... Ziesel. (laughs) Ziesel? Ziesel. (laughs) Never heard of the guy. Dick. It was. You were getting pretty salty about it. I was getting a little Jimmy salty. was laughing about it. He was taking it for what it was. You were getting pretty mad about it. I was like, what is going on? Because I would check Doug Gilmore like seven times, and he would just skate around my net waiting for an open net. And I'm like, okay, I've, I've checked this guy. The amount of times I could skate around waiting for the opportunity to score without losing the puck was ridiculous. That's why I was getting salty. <laughs> but I think I have a plan, and I'm going to put that into effect tonight, probably. So we'll just we'll see how that works out. NHL 94. We should hold a tournament. We should hold a tournament. I, I agree. Anyone, any comers, anybody. NHL 94 tournament. Let's bring it on. Yep. We'll get a keg. <laughs> we'll fucking pony keg that shit. <laughs> pony keg. Set up a live stream on Twitch. There you go. Yeah. Oh, Maybe man. we'll raise money or something for a charity. I'm down. Yeah, Anything. they do that. I'm good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for me, uh, anything new, just slanging windows and slanging siding. Uh the weather's been pretty decent this week. It hasn't been like it's warmed up. Super cold in Michigan. It's like it's it's like average winter temps now. It is like 30s, 40s, which is really cool. I have a um, feeling winter's gonna or February's gonna come in and like just stomp us. Yeah, yeah. Jack Frost is gonna fucking just annihilate us next month. Jack Frost is gonna carrot fuck us. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I shaved my mustache off. Got sick of that shit. That, yeah. <laughs> you go gung ho with the mustache, and then you like get rid of it. Like, why the fuck am I doing that? I always do. I always do. I get stoked, and then it just becomes a hassle. I'm like, dude. And I trim it the best I can. That's the problem. Don't trim it. Just let that shit go. When I had my beard for five years, I didn't trim my mustache once. That's what you were saying. You just got to fucking force that thing to part down the center, and then all of a sudden you got a fucking a mustache. Yeah. You don't got the Tom Selleck. You got like the, I don't know, like 19th century, 1900s boxer. Yeah. Yeah. You can train it to do that. It takes time. It looks like shit for like a week at we went to a point, but after that it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was working at work. I was getting sales and shit with it. But hopefully I can get sales without it. <laughs> it was all mustache. It was all mustache, yeah. <laughs> the the women loved it. They loved it. <laughs> the fucking total um, panties wrapper. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's it for me as far as, like, new... Um, new life happenings. New life happenings. Uh, my cats still rule. Um, and that's about it, man. Uh, but, yeah, what have you been listening to, man? Because I've been listening to a slew of shit. Dude, I I mean, I kind of have. I mean, I listen to all my normal shit that I do while I'm at work, so I just let shit play. But fucking, uh, I finally got around listening to the new Devil Master, which came out uh, October of last year. It's called um, Inhabit the Corpse. I think it's like four tracks, three or four tracks. Definitely listen to it. I didn't know it's been out that long. Yeah. I slept on it. Slept on it hard. I, keep see, I kept seeing posts on it. I keep seeing like distros posts that they have copies, and I haven't been buying... I haven't been buying physical copies of anything lately. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like scroll past it and I finally got around to listening to it and that fucking tape rules. Yeah. Like, it's on par with their demo. Okay. Yeah, and their demo rules. And for those who don't know who Devil Master is, they're from New Philly. York. Philly. Philly. Okay. They're from Philly. They're from Philly. Um, share members with a band called Cape of Bats. Mm-hmm. Um, the guitar, I think it's, I want to say it's the guitar player. One of the guitar players from Devil Master is the vocalist for Cape of Bats. Gotcha. And they're kind of the same style, just Cape of Bats has more of a, uh, like, aggressive punk tone to them. Okay. Both were, I mean, honestly, if you like Devil Master, you should like Cape of Bats. And if you haven't heard of either of those bands, check both of those bands out. I highly recommend Devil Master. Seen them with Acid Witch in Detroit. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Saw Cape of Bats play a few years ago at the precinct. I can't remember who they played with, but it was an awesome, awesome fucking show. Cool. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see what else. Um, this band I heard, I, I came across this band a few months ago, and I kind of skimmed them and didn't give them anything, and I went back and started listening to them again. Uh, this band called Hacksaw. Uh, gore grind, one, one-man gore grind band from uh, Glasgow. Cool. Um, does everything himself. Has, I think... Two releases that I know about. Uh, the first was uh, Gore Soaked Arbitoire, and then the second was like a more full length, which has basically all the songs off of Gore Soaked Arbitoire, and then some more called uh, Necrostalgia. Okay. And it's just horror themed gore grind. That's right up my alley. Every song is like, I mean, the one, uh, the first release, I want to say every song is. Uh, Almost every song is an Italian horror film. Cool. And like oh, he, that's fucking sweet. He starts off the one with a clip from, with a soundbite from uh, Town, that Said Drug, Dr- Town That Dreaded Sundown. Oh, gotcha. And then starts off the other release with the trailer for Pieces. Oh, fucking A, man. Yeah. And I think I, I, I think I posted it, and I just, like I said, it's some bits get a little too drum machine for me. It's a one-man project, so, you know, he's using... Either a drum machine or a fucking uh, sampler or whatever. But some of it's just fucking... It's amazing. Okay. I'm actually really digging it. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, it was jamming Archigathus, the last two releases, which uh, was it 2016, 2015. They came out with a full-length Dehumanizer, which uh, Archigathus, it's a Canadian mince band. 
fucking Dan from Archigathus has been he's in a bunch of fucking bands from like punk crust to like gore grind and stuff um but then I was listening to Humanizer, and then they released an EP last year. I want to say it was last year, maybe two years ago, called uh, Cold Universe. Okay. Both fucking, if you like Archigathus, you'll dig it. They're legends. Yeah. And then uh, the one I sent to you, because I haven't listened to them since fucking forever, because I forgot I had the tape, uh, Battlemaster. They're 2008 uh, Dragon Mutilating Demos, which we were kind of talking about what you would consider this band. <coughs> and to me, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, they have thrash elements. They have uh, kind of like hints of black metal, mm-hmm. uh, just like punk undertones. It's fucking fast. It is. You were commenting how you like the drumming. Yeah, the drumming's sick. And um, I'm glad that you sent those guys to me because I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I was going through my tapes and I forgot I fucking had it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like with fucking anything, I could tell you I'll flip through my records and I figured I have shit. I was just kind of scrolling through all my tapes like, holy fuck, <laughs> forgot I had this. Haven't listened to this band since 08. At this point, 10 years. It's like, fuck. But, uh, I mean, for the most part, I think that's all I've been jamming outside of the normal. Okay. What about you? Uh, me? Uh, well, the uh, fucking elephant in the room. I've been jamming nails for fucking two weeks. <laughs> you text me every time you do that, too. Yeah, man. I, I like nails. Uh, I fucking you send me an apology. Yeah, because I know that you don't like nails, and I know a lot of people don't like nails, but I do, and uh, I'm too old to care. So, <laughs> uh, nails, abandon all life. I've been jamming. Um, kind of dip back into my catalog and put in uh, Moss, horrible nights. Uh, Moss is a fucking great man. Uh, slow doomy stuff. Uh, I've been jamming Insect Warfare, World Extermination. Uh, Zach showed me that album back in like 2007. Oh yeah. And I was I fell in love with it, man. I just it's 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 really good. Have you listened to any of the other stuff? Um, no, I know that there was like a like a collection of stuff that came out after all that, after they broke up, and I heard some of that, but. I, I don't remember. Zach showed it to me. It was on his iPod. Yeah. Um, but that's the one album that I've heard the most. So I know they have some older stuff before that. Yeah. Um, been jamming that. Uh, let's see. What else? I actually had a whole list of shit that I've been jamming. I wrote it down and I forgot it. So I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I've been jamming... Uh, Fister, the Infernal Paramount, the EP from 2012. I want to, I want to say, I've been jamming the Hate and Bong Ripper split. The Hate side is fucking awesome, dude. I haven't listened to that fucking forever. Yeah, I threw that in because you know I got kind of burnt out on the, you know, the Bong Ripper like full lengths i threw that split in and the hate side is just really fucking good man i remember i was house sitting for my parents and you came over and at that point that record's been out for like six months and you're like let's put that in the new bong reference what the fuck that was like they released something new you're like oh the split with hate i'm like that's been out for six months dude that is not new, new bong ripper. new bong ripper dude <laughs> but yeah fisting is the track is the bong ripper track on there and it's fucking gold man and uh, this may come as a surprise, but I have been jamming the self-titled Magruder Grind album. Really? And I like it. Oh, yeah. I really do. That's the only one I've listened to. I haven't listened to any of their new stuff. That was, that was basically, if you ask anybody who's like into like le- like legit into grind, they're going to say just pretty much stop after that. Okay. Okay. Because uh, it popped up in my uh, feed, and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to check it out. Like, even the people who really started talking shit on McGruder Grind when the whole Scion thing happened, and they got the fucking, like, Hitler Youth haircuts going on, mm-hmm. they would even still say that the, that first album is still good. Yeah, it's good. It's it's really good. Um, I've been jamming that. I've been jamming, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. My bad. Uh, new to grind. It's right. Oh, Frightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned them on the podcast before. 
I don't know if we have. I don't think we have. We both listen to them. <laughs> oh, we love them. Yeah, yeah, we love them. It's uh, every every song on. They only put out two albums. I know Dave Nobody, Dave Whipler. Yeah, he loves them. Um, they are horror themed, thrash, kind of death metal, and uh, they're fucking awesome, man. I've been listening to the Bringing Back the Bloodshed record. It's like the the one has more of a thrash vibe. The other has more of like a death grind vibe. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, the first one's more Death Grind, the Midnight Movie Murder Mania. And then... uh, Which one is it that starts off with the Vestron intro? That's uh, Bringing Back the Bloodshed. Yeah. That's the one I've been jamming. Yeah, that one. And uh, I, I dip back in uh, the new Primitive Man I've been listening to nonstop. But I went back and listened to their album from like three or four years ago, uh, Home is Where the Hatred Is. That's a fucking meaty album, dude. It's it's pissed. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I think Jared and I are actually gonna go see them. It's gonna be a little bit of a drive for us, but fucking Lansing. Lansing, yeah. They're playing with a band called Spectral Voice. They're kind of a death metal band, really pissed off death metal band. But that's pretty much all I've been listening to, man. Um, there's a couple other ones that I can't really think of right now, but yeah. I just showed you Chet Wrecker. Yeah, they're pretty fucking awesome. Fucking man. dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Really good. Um, uh, I would say that they're a power violence band. Oh, yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say, like, I'm still, like, if I remember correctly, um, one of the dudes from Misanthropic Noise, which is from Connecticut, moved out to California and started Chet Wrecker. Okay. Um, This is where I'm foggy in it. I don't want to fucking, like, totally... I'm not putting my stamp on this, this being fact. But I want to say the dude from Haggis is also from Misanthropic Noise. And Haggis is from California. Mm-hmm. So in my thought process, I'm thinking that it's the same dude from Misanthropic Noise that started Chet Record that also was involved in Haggis. But I'm not 100% sure. Because there's uh, Chet Record was Tom and Connor, I believe. I don't know if it was Tom... I don't know. Either way, 100% it's Misanthropic Noise is connected to Chet Wrecker, which did you check out Misanthropic I don't think you saw Misanthropic Noise at one of the Grind Fests. I don't think I did. Awesome band. Okay. Definitely an awesome band. Fucking Abe Lincoln has a song named after the time we were partying with Misanthropic Noise at Zach's apartment in Detroit. It's really? A, it, it's the shortest song we have, and it's the longest title we had. Oh, right on. Do you remember the time Zach pushed Dooley through the... Oh, do you remember the time Cody pushed Dooley through the glass door at Zach's place? It's a 10-second song. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but they were supposed to have a show. Missing Topic Noise supposed to have a show in Detroit, and it got canceled. So we ended up just partying at Zach's apartment at the Leland when he still lived there. Okay. Which was just... A few good stories I have from that place. That night is one of them. Another night is when get off topic a little bit. Okay. We were there partying, and on the floor that Zach lived on, there were like just a handful that were actually like occupied apartments. Like Leland's kind of like it was fucking run down. Zach actually owned three different apartments that just had holes in walls connecting them. Mm. Hole inside was fucking tagged up and like whatnot. Big party was going on there. You see, in the night, everybody's gone. All of a sudden, uh, these dudes knock on the door, and it's these guys who were there earlier. And the dude, they're all drunk, and he's like, "Oh, I, I, I lost my sandal." Oh, I've heard this. He's story. wearing sandals, so like Zach lets him in. Like, yeah, come look for it. And like twenty minutes go by, and he's not finding his fucking sandal. And at this point, it's almost like five in the morning, and we're all just like, "Dude, Zach wants to go to sleep. I want to crash out." He tells him, like, dude, you got to go. And, like, the dude, like, he's at the door at this point, and the dude starts giving him shit. One of the three guys. And it's the only people left are me, Zach, and then um, James, the drummer, Lieutenant Dan. Mm-hmm. And Zach's telling him, like, you got to fucking go. And this dude finally, he's like, well, fuck you, man, blah, 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 blah. Zach grabs this, the main dude and just charges him down the hallway. And it's like an apartment or a hotel hallway like you would expect it to be like right. he charges him to the fucking end of it and just slams up against the wall 
And this dude, one dude's in front of me, starts giving me shit, and I just take him, push him up against the wall, and like sock him in the face. He drops down. Like I have nothing really against him, but I had to do something. So I sock this dude. He drops. I pick him back up, and I tell him, "You gotta go, dude. Like you, you should probably leave now." <laughs> and I think Jimmy did whatever, or James did whatever the fucking other dude. Fucking Zach escorts all three of them downstairs. <laughs> Fast forward to like a few weeks later, I come back to Zach's place from his chandelier in like the kitchen area. There's like a flip flop hanging. He's like, "Oh, Jared." Remember that fucking guy? I found his flip-flop. I'm just going to leave it hanging here. Oh, my God. What a fucking crazy night, man. Dude, it was fucking weird. I bet, yeah. Yeah, you know shit is weird and getting out of control when Jared has to sock somebody. I am honestly the most, like, I don't fucking, I don't get physical people. That's what I mean. Because usually I don't have to. There's no reason to. No. But, like, I'm not just going to sit there and have... No, yeah. My friend deal with that by himself. Like, his other two friends are being assholes, too. Like, yeah, he's one of them is that he's getting punched. Oh, right, right. But, no, seriously, like, he was up. I had him up against the wall. One punch, he dropped, like, to the floor. And as he went down, I just grabbed him and picked him up and was like, hey, dude, you should probably go now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I did, no ill will towards him at all, but uh, something. I had yeah. to do something. Yeah, yeah, you can't just stand idle. Shit's getting real, and it's time for bed. Yeah, like fuck. Yeah, I feel you. But it was it was fun, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, <laughs> what have you been watching? <laughs> Swing back in, get this on ramp back yeah. on. Okay. Uh, let's see. I have been watching. Uh, yesterday, I watched um, Above the Law. Steven Seagal. All right. Big fan of his uh, early. Album or uh, albums, <laughs> movies. Uh, I watched Pieces the other day. Uh, fucking love that movie. Yeah, it's a watch over and over again movie. Oh fuck yeah, it is, man. That's is great. It's a it's one of my favorites. Um, I watched Blind Fury the other day. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that, but Rutger Hauer's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg Foster from Stepfather Two is in it, and. Uh, the guy that played the killer, the stepfather, is in it too. And uh, he's a blind samurai. And uh, what I didn't realize was when I was watching Blind Fury that the end dude that he fights at the end, the fucking OG Asian guy, he's uh, Sho Kazugi from Pre- – he's been in everything. He's been in everything. Uh, fucking Pray for Death, 100 Kung Fu movies. That's the final fight in oh, yeah. in Blind Fury. Found that out. Pretty cool. I watched uh, Buried Alive by U Omega, uh, House by the Cemetery, Death Weekend, Stage Fright, and Final Exam. Oh yeah, that's what I've been watching. To go back to the Blind Fury thing. Hmm. Did you ever watch Boondocks, the cartoon? Uh, I caught bits and parts here and there. They did an episode where. <laughs> They thought their fucking uh, grandpa or uncle, I can't remember who he was, got his ass kicked by a blind guy. And they started talking about kind of like Blind Fury, like samurai who's fucking blind, but he learns how to fight. Yeah. Well, they come to the end of the episode, they get him to fucking fight him again. And they realize that, no, he just got lucky the first time and he was just a fucking blind dude. And his <laughs> grandpa just beats the shit out of a blind guy. Oh, shit. <laughs> they thought he was like this fucking yeah. grandmaster fucking... Yeah. Yeah. They thought he was this, like, OG They're fucking... like, you gotta train for this. You gotta fucking... You gotta, like, fight him again. You gotta, like, win your honor back or whatever. And he meets up with him in, like, a parking lot. Like, runs into him again. They realize, like, no, he just got lucky the last time. He's actually blind. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Still got his ass kicked. That's yeah. horrible. Grandpa beats the shit out of him. Oh, that's crazy. Dude, well, what have I been watching? Uh, I watched uh, Phantasm 1 and 3. Cool. Um, Werewolves on Wheels for, like, the thousandth fucking time. Fuck yes. Never gets old to me, man. Nope. There's actually not, there's nothing even special that goes on in that movie, but just visually, the feeling of that movie is, I love it. It's like 100% me. I yeah. dig that fucking movie. Yep. Um, Forced Entry. Forced Entry. Have I seen that? Fucking Rape Revenge movie. 
I don't think I've seen that. Dude, fucking... Uh, I was thinking of Forced Vengeance. No, Forced Entry. Uh, Massacre did like a limited release, I think just VHS. They did. Uh, they had it at Cinema Wasteland. But it's like a really grim, like rape revenge type movie. Okay. Um, and then Fetus. You threw that in? Mm-hmm. It's been so long since I've seen that. I had to kind of like put a T.O. on it because after dubbing it for a hundred fucking tapes... Kind of had to stop watching it. <laughs> I don't blame you. That was your first release. That was the first Manor video release, yeah. And you actually like put in the uh, clocked in and clocked out as far as dubbing that fucking Damn. thing. You've probably seen it a hundred times. Because at the time, it, since it was my first, I didn't have my setup of for like multiple being able to do multiple copies. Mm-hmm. I seriously, I think I did at most two at a time when it was a hundred tape release. Mm. Yeah. That would drive me up the wall. I still have. I'm. It's. It, I don't know. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be the last Manor video release, because I'm thinking when I get back into doing it, I might start doing other ones. But I still have another one of Brian Pollan's releases, Bone Sickness. Ah, I've been do. waiting. I got fucking Tim from Acid Witch and Shitfucker to do the cover. He also did the cover for when I did Werewolves on Wheels, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Just real quick, anyone that. Likes really good artwork. The fucking cover that Tim from Shitfucker Acid Witch did for Werewolves on Wheels is sick, dude. I love it. It's really good. It's really, really good. And the poster, there was a poster yep. made. Fucking awesome, dude. So I honestly, for a minute, I just didn't have the funds to do it, and I just want to get it released. I was going to do a, a limited run of shirts with that on it. That would be so fucking cool, dude. But he did the cover for what is going to be the Bone Sickness release mm-hmm. when I finally fucking do it. And that is also fucking pissed. Definitely has a uh, has a burial ground feel. I'm think it's leaked. Like, people posted it online because I posted it and Tim posted it. Mm-hmm. And it got posted around. That's when every once in a while somebody will post it and I get tagged in a, a, a thread about like when the fuck is this movie getting released. And then people cart dogging me on it. I'm just really bad. <laughs> At this point, I just got like so caught up with whatever, and I kind of put that all to the wayside. And I was supposed to release that two years ago. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna get released. I'm gonna release it. But yeah, I've decided to put Fetus in again. It's been a long time, mm-hmm. and it's that's a stellar fucking independent gore film. It is. Which is I just found out. Uh, Black Lava. Which is over in... I always forget what country exactly. It's over in Europe. They do a lot of gore films. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually doing a very limited, like, 25-run release VHS of Fetus. Really? Yeah. Mm. What kind of cover? Uh, the cover looks like it's a mix of the original DVD cover, which is, like, her pulling the fucking fetus when she's in the bathtub. Yeah. And then they added another gore part to the bottom, and they just put, like, fetus going across the center. Gotcha. Okay. Looks all right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love fetus. Yeah. That's a fucking... I haven't... I, you know, I might just binge on some Manor video releases, because it's been a while. Last one I watched was a cult experience, and that was quite a while ago. Yeah. So I might actually toss those in. Fetus is the first one I've watched since fucking... Usually I... Besides Werewolves on Wheels, I don't rewatch them. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have them dubbing, and I kind of, I mean, and now watching them doing that and spot checking them and all that, so. Right on. Yeah. I just don't. Right. Um, uh, is that it? Is that what you've been watching? That's pretty much all, for the most part, that I remember that I've watched. Okay. Okay. Um,. Yeah, I'm really excited about the movie that we're going to be talking about today, uh, or on this episode. I feel this movie gets overlooked. I do too, um, for for some odd fucking reason, which makes no sense to me, because I think that the reason that it gets overlooked the most is because it came out in the late 80s, after slashers had run their course. And be- yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They, they it's Because when it got released... People probably it's like it, it didn't get the recognition it should have at the time, and then people kind of pushed the wayside because they never really heard of it. Yeah, I don't know, but it's yeah. But the people that are in it, 
and the makers of it, it this movie should get way more recognition than it the, does. The effects alone. The kills yeah. alone. Yeah. And not to keep uh, everybody in suspense, but we're, we're going to be talking about Intruder. Yeah, 1989, Intruder. Uh, it was directed by Scott Spiegel, but it was basically like Spiegel, Raimi film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just a great film. It, it should have just never. It, it, it's like it, that was kind of like a weird lull there, but yeah, it was just a fucking film that it's, it's, it got overlooked and even like I I I mentioned it like yeah, it kind of got overlooked until the Synapse release happened. True, but I I feel people still even think of it still is getting overlooked. Yeah, it it kind of it just gets shuffled in kind mm-hmm. of like to the slasher genre. And and I honestly believe that the reason that that is is because it came out in '89, and slashers were pretty much, you know, dying out at that point, and uh, maybe it didn't get a fair shake. Yeah. You know. Um, well, shit, it never got even a until DVD. It never got a, a totally uncut release. Right. Yeah. Even with it not going, uh, like usually video store releases got an uncut. Some type of uncut. Right. This was cut the whole time. Yeah, it was. And and I've been watching this movie the last like three days, and I, I only own it on VHS. Which and is, mine's cut to shit. Yeah, all the gore's all cut out. All the gore's cut out. But I still love this movie. And before we decided that we were going to talk about this movie on this episode, I always found myself throwing this movie in. It's great. Yeah, like when it's time for bed, I throw an intruder. I just... The, the humor in it is awesome. The way it's shot is awesome. Dude, a lot of the same shots that, like, in my mind, if you see this, you should probably pick up on um, Raimi being involved. Because yeah. even just think of Evil Dead. Right. It's a, it, he, like, it was, like, the same the same camera shots type concept. Yeah. Like, um, when she's talking on the phone, it's through the fucking, and it's through the phone. Yeah. 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 Or when she's sweeping the floor and they just have it on the glass. Yeah. Fucking, uh, the shopping cart. Yeah. A lot of the fight scenes in it when they're at the, it's like at the beginning, almost yeah. all these scenes, they, they, they gripped up all these like really unique shots and then put them in the very beginning. Yeah. True story. Cause like the fight scenes are super POV. There's a lot of POV shots, like even one of the door handle. Yeah. The door handle turns and the camera kind of turns on its side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which little nuances like that make this movie kind of special. Like it, it's cool. It kind of stands out a little bit. You know what I mean? Those shots actually started getting on my nerves, but I think it's because they put them all very close together in the beginning. In the beginning of the movie. Of the movie. Gotcha. If they would have spread those fucking shots out throughout the whole film. I'd have more appreciation for him. Like I got appreciation for him, but they wouldn't have got on my nerves as much. Like, come on, right? Because uh, like back then, like fucking nobody's really doing those type of sh- shots. No, no, not at all. You're right. Like they actually put some fucking thought in this. But I mean, honestly, when this came out, Evil Dead already came out. Evil Dead Two came out, and they were successful. Yeah, the people who were involved in this movie kind of already they did other things that were successful. They already, they knew what the fuck they were doing. They were established. Yeah. And yeah. They, they had the, uh, the know-how and the budget. Exactly. You know what I mean? To, to make a good slasher movie, mm-hmm. which this definitely is a good slasher movie. Um, and I dig the, uh, the characters in it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're, you know, they don't focus on character, like development or whatever, like how slashers were in the early eighties, like final exam where it's just like half the fucking movie is getting to know people that you don't really care about. Yeah, no, it's just, they, they're all just, they basically treat them as like they're, they're, they're just employees at a fucking store. Yeah. You kind of pick up on their stories a little bit just from the interactions, but they don't spend too much time on any of that. No, they don't go into depth about like fucking, you know, they're just a stock crew. And, yeah. you know, the two chicks are, like, the main ones that they focus on the most mm-hmm. besides, like, the killer and 
the bo- the head boss. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, I mean, shit. Even the people who the, the f- a few of the main ones have been in other horror films that you would obviously seen. Uh, Elizabeth Cox, who plays Jennifer, who's like the main the main chick who lasts throughout the whole film, mm-hmm. was in Night of the Creeps. Uh, Renee Estevez, who they uh, portrayed as being the fucking final girl on all like all the fucking posters and the fucking VHS cases. Yeah. Um, she's fucking Molly from Sleepaway Camp too. Yeah. So is Renee Estevez. That's who I just said. Yeah. You said she was in uh, Sleepaway Night of Camp the Creeps. Too. No, I said uh, Elizabeth Cox. Well, they both were. Hmm. They both were in Sleepaway Camp too. Elizabeth Cox was. Yeah, both of them were. Both the main chicks from the beginning. Who the fuck was Elizabeth Cox in Sleepaway Camp 2? Is she the one that dies first? See, or now I'm looking that up because... They, they both were in Sleepaway that, Camp 2. That fucking One was the goody good and one was the bitch. I don't, think Eli- I don't think Elizabeth Cox was. Yes. I am I am looking that up. Guaranteed. I, I, I'm doing it. Yeah, they both were in uh, Sleepaway Camp 2. All right, well, I'm going to fucking... I can't even fucking find... There she is. See, because if, if that is, that just snuck by me. But I don't I don't think it is. Nope. Nope. Cast. I'm telling you, man. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> so who was the... Uh... The chick from Sleepaway Camp 2 that you're thinking of? Yeah, that was uh, Renee Estevez. Yeah, she was Molly. Right. And then the other one was... Uh, well, she looks just like her then, dude. Valerie yeah. Hartman? Yep, Valerie Hartman. I mean, they look almost identical. I thought that was... I seriously thought that I was... I say, dude, that's, there's no way that snuck by me. Dude, I'm telling you. But she was in Night of the Creeps, though. Yeah. Elizabeth Cox was in Night of the Creeps. Yeah, yeah. Renee Estevez was in Sleepaway Camp 2. Okay. Back on track then. And then David Barnes, who plays Greg, the fucking, like, psycho ex-boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. He was in Witchcraft 7 and 9. Oh, fuck. They had a shit ton of sequels for Witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, they did. And, and one of my VHS, and I can't think of what it is off the top of my head, has a promo in the beginning of like one through five as a box set. I didn't even know that they extended past that. So. Oh my god, dude. Witchcraft had a shit ton. Yeah. A couple of them are super rare, but anyway. Um, quick question. Greg, or is it Craig? Craig. What does he listen to? Like if I'm like am I is this like an actual question or am I guessing? Well, no, we, we both have to guess because obviously Oh it's they, a guess. Yeah. See, I didn't know if I missed Leather something. Jacket, fucking mullet obviously some type of metal or some kind of kind of punk but it was like what is it plain white t-shirt yeah what does he listen to like slayer i'm gonna go with no no it's probably rocking like winger winger and fucking skid row and shit (laughs) okay because i was thinking i'm not pinning him as listening to anything fucking worthwhile okay (laughs) well he did do time in prison and he did kill someone so i just kind of lumped in like slayer it's the 80s He's wearing a leather jacket. He's probably listening to Motley Crue. Yeah, probably. Fucking like, Warrant. Yeah, probably. She's fucking. only 17. <laughs> That's Winger. Winger? Yeah, see, I threw that in there before, so I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Okay, so Craig listens to Winger. <laughs> he did a stretch in the joint. I don't think he's fucking doing anything fucking legit. I don't think he's listening to, like, Venom. No, I'm not saying that far, but, like, Metallica. I mean, I'll, I'll give him Metallica. Yeah, possibly. And this is dating pre-Black Album. Yeah, but he's the Metallica fan who dug the Black Album when it came out. Yeah, if he wasn't in the joint again. <laughs> Which, or no, he had, actually got you found killed. out he got arrested again. Yeah, he actually got killed though, didn't he? Nope, he's arrested at the end. Oh yeah. Which kind of brings to what I was uh, gonna touch on is the scene where, um. The boss who we find out is a killer. He gets hit over the head with a hammer by Greg. Craig. Yeah. And then the next scene is the other owner getting killed. 
when the other owner's being killed, you see the black leather jacket sleeve when he's killing him. But Craig, in the last scene, when he finally meets up with uh, the Elizabeth Cox character who plays Jennifer, yeah, he's wearing his black leather jacket. So I think they kind of fucked up there. Like they want you, they want you to believe it's him, yeah, but it's end up being the other owner. But why the fuck would Craig still be having his leather jacket on? Yeah, I think he just fucked up a shot. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because they definitely want to lead you to believe that Craig's the killer. Yeah, and that's definitely like the whole way through. Yeah, they want you to think. I'm just gonna say the scene where she finds out it is that the other boss. And she's running, and he is jumping between registers across the fucking conveyor belts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like side by side with her. I don't know why that scene fucking cracks me up every time. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the scene where they're uh, on break. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love that scene. And he tells that story? The story. Which was... The same exact story was said in Raising Arizona. Was it? They used the same story in Raising Arizona. Motherfucker, that's sweet. The fucking car accident, fucking finding the head and shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen Raising Arizona, but I love that movie. Yeah. I'll have to go back and watch that, yeah. And this movie shot in California, but basically the director and the fucking Raimi's and Bruce Campbell... Grew up in Michigan. Grew up in fucking uh, West Bloomfield. And when they tell that story, they talk about an accident at Nine Mile in Haggerty, which is one road up from the hotel that they do uh, Motor City Nightmares at. Ah, yes. It's at fucking Haggerty and Eight Mile. I thought that it was Nine Mile and Middle Belt. Is it Middle Belt or Haggerty? They say Middle Belt? They say Middle Belt. Either way, both of those fucking roads, that, that's just a mile up from fucking Haggerty. I thought that's what he said. Middle belt and nine mile. Either and way. And he's still eating the hamburger. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, let's get into the fucking meat of this movie. The yes. kills are fucking sweet. It's fucking top class. Yeah, they're good. And I honestly, I forgot the name of the special effects company who did this, but they deserve a fucking round of applause because the kills, they, they in the uncut, they show basically everything happening. They show all the kills. There's not many cutaways. And they're all well, very well fucking done. Absolutely. Like top class. Yes. Kills. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, lucky for me, the first time I seen it was when you brought it over to my house, the DVD. Mm-hmm. So the first time I seen it was uncut. And then, of course, I had to own the movie because I liked it so much that I bought the VHS. But I'd like to go back and watch the DVD again <laughs> because the fucking hook, the meat hook kill is just amazing. Oh, where they fucking put it through a... Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's but, fucking uh, Sam Raimi. Yeah. Sam Raimi gets fucking hooked. Yep. And uh, I, I'd have to say that's probably my favorite kill. But I do dig when uh, when she gets killed, the first one that gets mm-hmm. killed, how they cut away to the watermelon getting split in half. Yep. I thought that was cool as shit, man. Dude, my favorite kill, and I honestly thought it would be yours, is the fucking slice the dude's head with the fucking... Uh, oh, through the jaw? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Put him up in the fucking, like... Because he was using that before to fucking slice chickens in half. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. But I like the hook. I like the meat hook one. The the three hooks on the... Yeah. It's almost like a fishing lure. And he puts it through his fucking chin, dude. And it comes through. It's just so fucking cool, dude. Oh, it's fucking good. There's, like, fucking... Every kill in here is worth mentioning is a good kill. Yeah, it is. The fucking uh, hydraulic press kill that's a good one too that yeah. one's fucking great and then uh the owner owner gets the fucking oh the fucking note thing to the fucking the note, eye yeah the note steel fucking spike through the eye dude that's that's great dude and you almost see it coming too like you know what i mean when he's slapping papers on there and fucking yeah, yeah the other owner gets pissed off and slams the door you're like dude he's gonna fucking he's gonna get it dude and he does 
But uh, yeah, every kill in this movie is really good. And I like the ending, too, because obviously Bruce Campbell makes an appearance. His cameo? Yeah, his cameo, which let's get into that because they lead you to believe that Bruce Campbell is in this movie. Dude, fucking you, in you this look movie. at anything about this movie, especially like past the VHS to when the, the first DVD of it got released. Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell's names are at the fucking top of the cover. Yes. They want you to think that these guys are in this fucking movie and like they're like main characters in this film. Sam Raimi has a bit part. Fucking uh, Ted Raimi has even a smaller part for the most part. Yes. Bruce Campbell's in it for like the last like 60 seconds. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's a dickhead cop. Yeah, he's an asshole cop. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, just a cameo, folks, if you haven't seen it. Don't expect Bruce Campbell to be in it from start to finish. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that he's in the movie is cool. At least he made a cameo. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, fucking, it's all his, his fucking friends who made the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, true. But, I mean, it's just. And it was 89. Like, he wasn't, like, a huge star. It right. Was, he was still obviously known for uh, Evil Dead 1 and 2. Yeah. Actually, when the fuck did uh, Army of Darkness come out? 90s. 90? See? So I want to say 93. Yeah, Army of Darkness didn't even come out yet. Nope. But you still, for the most part, know it for just Evil Dead. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the ending, pretty cool. Um, but, uh, so you, to get back to the kills, your favorite kill is the saw through the Yeah, fucking... that, that's, it's great. The, it, it's, it, it's, it's great because... Of the way it was shot. They show you that whole fucking thing. Yeah. The, the people who did the special effects did such a good fucking job that they could just show that it's a continuous shot. That what's That is what adds to it. Yeah. Yeah, it shows you everything. Yeah. Yeah. They Unless, did a fucking a killer job with it. Yeah, it's the only thing that sucks about the VHS, man. It just fucking... They <laughs> leave it up to the imagination. Fucking... That's the thing. Like, you know me. I collect VHS yeah. as well. But that's some of them, it's it's tough. It's cut. They're like it's all the good shit's fucking cut. Yep, yep. And you have to fucking get the DVD to watch it uncut. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm about to move on to DVDs here soon. It's a major bummer. Yeah, it is. Just for like select movies, I'm not just gonna go hay haywire on fucking DVDs because I have pretty much everything that I've ever wanted on VHS. No shit, you see how many DVDs I have. Oh, you have a, yeah, ton. Just fucking buy whatever. Yeah. But yeah, do you know for this for this movie? They didn't even use they didn't use the fully stocked grocery store. They had an empty grocery store. They had to get a hold of a fucking company that dealt with like damaged like product. Really? Store product, and they dropped off like two tons worth of fucking merchandise to stock the shelves with. I was going to say, that's another cool thing about this movie is when they're walking down the aisles, you get to see the old classic logos of like Oreo cookies and uh, uh, Scott Tissue. and. Dude, I came across this thing, and it was a a review on the movie, and the dude who wrote the review was like talking about that, like all the shit. He's like, and and when was... Tony the Tiger not on Frosted Flakes. He's like, because you see boxes without him in this movie. No, you don't. The guy just doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Tony the Tiger's always been on Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Every single box of Frosted Flakes back to the fucking 50s. Yeah, the 50s. Had Tony the Tiger on it. True. And if you really pay attention to the box of the Frosted Flakes you see in the background, he's there. He's just not like you would expect him to be like you see him now. He's like he takes up the whole fucking box and it's obviously like a flat design, not like supposed to be like three D looking. Right. So obviously that guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. That's the first thing I'm like, dude, he's fucking there. And I, when I rewatched it again for this, I'm like, he's fucking right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I actually had it. I was like drinking. And I saw him. He's fucking right there. Yeah, Tony the Tiger, man. Uh, another small little bit that I wanted to bring up was uh, in the very beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. the old man. Yeah. From uh, Three Stooges. Yes. Hold hands, you love birds. That's, and that's the line he like, used in Three Stooges. Yeah. And that was actually a Shemp episode. Yeah. It wasn't Curly. 
Yeah, when they're getting fake um, shemp. Yeah, shemp, dude. Which is a, that? That's a thing that fucking uh, Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, and all them brought back was the whole fake shemp. They would fucking like if they had a character like in like Evil Dead or whatever that you only really saw as their arm or their leg or like heavy makeup or just from the back. They would credit them as fake shemp. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. And oh, it carried fuck. on into like their everyday like. Oh, did that party suck? Oh, it didn't really suck. It was just kind of like shemp. Oh, right on. <laughs> yeah. And for the record, very quickly, I like shemp better than curly. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, used to have a shirt that said legalize shemp, and I think we need to. <laughs> Here's another one. Kind of small one. Before this movie got made, well, this movie was based off of, original title was called Night Crew. Yes. Which right. was kind of based off of uh, the director Scott Spiegel's short film, which had more of like a Halloween vibe to it. Gotcha. But before he got tied to it, uh, there was talks of Toby Hooper being the director. Oh, cool. It still would have been good, but I don't think... I don't think it had the feel. No, it wouldn't have had the atmosphere and the feel. Like this, the, the, Scott Spiegel and the Raimis and Bruce Campbell and all them, they were fucking like friends yeah. growing up. I think you bring in an outside person to direct it. It's you're not going to have the same because I think they probably even though like Spiegel was the, the one who directed it, I guarantee Sam Ted probably all had a, they kind of like got put, together put and talked about together. it. Like, yeah, like hey, what about this? They probably had all a lot of input on it. Yeah, I think if you took Spiegel out and put Hooper in, I think that would get rid of that and it would have been just Hooper. Yeah. Would have gave it a totally different vibe. Not saying it would have been bad. Yeah. But it would have been different. Yeah, and you know, that one kill with the with the hook, that's almost like a fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, inspired To a point, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. You know, the original mean? idea for that kill was actually he was supposed to be fucking uh basically like split with that with the uh, meat hook. He was supposed to get like kind of like split in half almost. Oh, gotcha. And um, Ted Raimi actually came up with the idea of just having him be fucking like hanging like a piece of meat. Yeah. And so that's when they went that route. Pretty cool. Yeah, I can dig that. Um, and, you know, an, a cool thing about this movie is for a slasher, it got positive reviews. Yeah? Yeah. Like, um, let's see if I can bring it up. But, you know, slashers really had like a bad rap. Oh yeah, especially as it went on. Um, like the first handful of the original ones, were got for the most part got praised. But as it went on, a lot of the main critics kind of gave it a lot of shit. Yeah, uh, but it, it did. It had positive reviews, which you know you didn't get that much back in the day for slasher films. But uh, yeah, it says uh, Intruder was. You know, most of the uh, reception was positive. And, um, you know, DVD Talk uh, awarded it four and a half out of five stars. And uh, said that it easily ranks up there as one of the best slashers that they've ever seen. And uh, DVD Verdict said it was a very cool film. Bloody Disgusting actually rated it three out of five stars. And said that it was no horror classic or anything like that, but... um, for stalwart gorehounds, intruder is sweet, sweet mana. Mind you. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I you know, it, it's a shame. It's a shame that slashers were. It was a bad, you know, it was like a bad word, you know. Well, because the 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 way the genre went. Once it got big, like Halloween and Friday the 13th came out and kind of pushed it, and then just everybody kind of started throwing their hat in the ring, making any type of movie that they could think of as a slasher film. Right. It kind of started getting, like, just oversaturated with shit product. Well, as a lot of the fucking critics would look at it as shit product, a lot of those movies are still fucking classics. Right. But it just got so fucking many, and it became this, like, redundant. Yeah. Like, okay, it's another fucking slasher film. We pretty much already can predict how this thing's going to go and how it's going to end. And mm-hmm. it's just a couple cookie cutter aspects that you can swap in and out. Right. 
You know, this one kind of defied a little bit of that slasher tradition, if you think about it. I mean, the killer did have a motive, but who they wanted you to believe the killer was had more of a motive. That fit more of the guidelines of a killer. Jolted lover. Yeah. Fucking like. Just got out of prison. Kind of had an issue. killing somebody. You listen to like the stoner guy, which was another aspect I kind of wanted to touch on. That fucking stoner dude. Yeah, dude. Like if my brother hadn't have like hit him over and over again with the blender, I would have been killed. Yeah. Yeah, it was a Hamilton, Hamilton Beach. <laughs> so good. Dude. That fucking guy. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're eating Oreos and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I caught you guys smoking that wacky tobacco. Yeah. yeah. That dude's a fucking. Yeah, man. He like started like borrowing money to get like really hard drugs and yeah, started stealing money from me, and then he needed more money. Yeah. To buy hard drugs. Like, and then dude. he started treating Jennifer like shit. Yeah. Motherfucker. Unbelievable. His fucking character is fucking I know. Ridiculous. I know. Great. And I want to try the beer that they had in their uh, Meisterbrow. There was Meisterbrow, but there was the dude who drank like four cans of like Milwaukee's Best. True story. Yeah, in the back. And there was just beer. Yeah, beer. The uh, Dan Connor. Yeah. The, the Dan Connor special. Yeah. Just says beer. <laughs> just says beer, blue and white. Um. But, yeah, um, it it defied a lot of the traditions that slasher movies had in the 80s to a certain extent. Um, it, especially with the kills because they, were, they weren't cookie-cutter kills. They were, like, clever. Yeah, there was, like, thought put into them. And, yeah, like, they yeah. actually put work into doing them, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, the kills were unique. And the fact that... The cover of the VHS revealed the killer, which never happened. Every fucking... Okay, all the original releases for this fucking movie, the U.S. release, the European release, everything, showed the goddamn killer. And then also made, uh, I think, made out the fucking uh, Estevez to be the final girl. Which is the controversy, because they had the killer revealed on the cover of the movie, which pissed people off. Yeah. But then they trick you into believing that she on the cover was going to be the final girl, and she was actually the first to be killed. Yeah. So the, to me, that's humor in itself. You know what I mean? That's just funniest. But they're just having fun. You know, and it, that defies like. I honestly think it had to do with somebody who's like had to, who got in charge of designing it, who just sucked. It could be that, or it could be just the fucking Raimi. You know, the, the, the humor in the fucking, like, it's all been done before. Here's the killer. <laughs> Fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh. Honestly, if if there's ever a convention where somebody's from that who would have, a, who'd have like, some type of, like, insight to that, I would actually ask that question. <laughs> Dude, why the fuck did you give away everything on the cover of Intruder. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to hear the answer to that. That'd be uh, that'd be awesome. Oh, here's one thing that uh, made me laugh a little bit. End of the movie. Fucking, uh, she stabs him in the chest with the fucking butcher knife. Yes. He falls back, and the knife shoots out of his chest, and then lands... Yes. <laughs> like the wood next to him. Yes. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a little far fetched. <laughs> it's a little far fetched. Yeah. Um, entertaining nonetheless, though. Yeah, still, it's just it's fucking funny. It's over the top, dude. <laughs> like, first, the first time I've ever I ever seen that. He goes in and he when he falls, I'm like. What the fuck, dude? There was, he had a knife. Like, they fucked up a shot. Like, now he doesn't have a knife. Like, what the hell's going on? And then all of a sudden, you see the knife land next to him. Like, bang. Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what I mean. They were just having fun with it, dude. It's just like, you know what I mean? They just throw <laughs> little little nuances like that in there that are, like, kind of cartoonish a little bit. But, like, just a little, like, a little bit. 
Just a little bit, yeah. The fight scenes are a little cartoonish. Oh, they are. They're totally ridiculous. But those is like, like, like that's why I don't get like, I, I get like you're doing an independent film or a lower budget film and you want to have these scenes. Dude, <coughs> I just feel with fight scenes, you need to have a little bit more training to do those to make them come across as realistic. Yeah. And it usually doesn't go over too well. No. Once it goes past like a punch or two, then it's just like, yeah, we can tell you tried to cut this to where it's not obvious, but it's pretty fucking obvious that these guys are not fighting. No. <laughs> and when they're holding him and he's like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like on par. Like some of those scenes are on par with the immortal video where you can tell they just said action and they go into fucking like black metal stance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like he's supposed to be struggling, to, but he's not really trying. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. It's like we'll 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 take care of this in post. Yeah. Okay, we'll cut around this. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> all in all, this movie fucking rules. Dude, hundred percent. This movie's fucking great. It is. I it, and I uh, I enjoy it and I watch it a lot actually. So. Um, this movie is uh, overlooked, underrated. This movie just needs to be. More people need to check out this fucking film. I I agree. I, I definitely agree. Uh, if you've never seen Intruder, I would definitely, uh, I would suggest getting the DVD, and I never do that. <laughs> but it's uncut, and the gore is intact, and uh, the kills are fucking great. Fucking uh, Synapse did the Blu-ray release of it. That should be uncut as well. Okay. 88 Films did a Blu-ray release, so if anybody, if we're reaching over to fucking Europe land... You probably have better access to the 88 Films ones. Fucking, uh, if you're in Europe, I can grab that one as well. Yeah. I would, uh... Anything on a disc should be uncut. If it's on a fucking... If it's on VHS, you're, it's probably cut. No, yeah. Nine times out of ten. Right. I, I, I can't remember 100% if uh, the Japanese release of it or the PAL tape of it were cut, but I'm going to go on a limb and say they probably were. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't... Wasn't until later on, much later on, that they released it uncut. Yeah, man, once two thousands or something like that, wasn't DVD, it? DVD, fucking my the DVD I have is fucking early two thousands before fucking Synapse. I think it was like oh shit, oh six, oh seven, somewhere on there. Okay, it's actually by Wizard. Really? Yeah, handful of like DVDs they did. It is. You're right. Yeah, it is. Um. Yeah. Well. uh... That's uh that's what we got for you this week. Um Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Definitely check out Intruder and uh check out the bands that we mentioned. Uh, more more so the ones that Jared mentioned because mine are the the bands that I mentioned are pr- pretty well known already. But Devil Master, I would definitely highly recommend checking them out if you like metal punk. If you like fucking, if you like Mortician in any way, shape, or form, which I don't know the fans we have if they listen to that, but if you like Mortician, you should check out Hacksaw. I'm. This is gonna be new for me, so yeah, I will play them. Okay, tonight I'll put on fucking Hacksaw. Fuck yeah, man. And uh, yeah, and actually, Devil a uh, Battlemaster, dude from Battlemaster went on to play in can, uh, Cannabis Corpse. Yes. So uh, I mean. It's not like super DIY sounding. Like this fucking dude has some chops who are fucking playing. They know what the fuck they're doing. So check out Battlemaster. Yeah, Steve's stamp of, of approval on uh, Battlemaster. And I've talked about Archigathis before. Yeah, they're legends. So, I mean, if you like mince grind, I mean, honestly, you should just check out Archigathis anyway. They're fucking ridiculously good. Yeah. And Dan- they have a fucking thousand releases. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Dan's a stand up guy, man. He's super. Super chill. Cool. But I think that's about it. Yep, that's about it, man. We'll see you guys next time. Um, There's a possibility we might have a guest, but if not... We should have a guest. We were supposed to have a guest this time, but I think uh, things kind of fell through. Things got kind of hectic, and it should be next time. Yep, should be next time. So until then, man, take care. Bye. See you guys.